and welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello. With me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Jeff. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm hoping that no one has eaten before we do our show this evening because we are talking about a wonderful restaurant on property that has just reopened that you have most recently visited. I know that's a surprise to everyone listening that yes, you were still back on property to to enjoy a reopening of a restaurant. We're going to talk about Narcoosies at the Grand Floridian. And it is a favorite of mine. I will say when we have the dining plan, this is a signature restaurant. So a little bit more upscale in price, in dress. When the dining plan is around, it's two credits. But you will often find me here just for dessert. I'll talk about my dessert later, but it is by far the best dessert anywhere on property. And it's one of the things that I love about Disney dining is unless you're at a one price restaurant, you can go just for an appetizer, just for a main dish, or as I very often do there, just for dessert. Well, and it is one of those things for those of you that are listening that maybe this is you or maybe you have a friend like a friend that I'm going to talk about. This is a, a restaurant that friend of mine hits every time. It's a must do. It's something that they that incorporate into every time that he that he travels there. And so you're about to find out why, right? It, it was closed for renovation. Talk to us about when it reopened and, and what we can expect. It opened April 1st, which, as we know, is April Fool's Day. But this <laughs> restaurant is definitely not for fools. It is one of the top restaurants on property. Obviously, also the Grand Floridian, Victorian Alberts is the top. But I think this one wins for location, for views, for incredible staff, and, of course, for their menu. And even if you haven't been to the Grand Floridian, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a minute. Picture yourself leaving the Magic Kingdom. Maybe you're headed to the monorail. Maybe you're headed to that boat transportation. And you look across the lake and you see all these little places lighting up. And you see this kind of big hexagon out jutting out onto the water. And that is Narcoosis. It is the closest thing to Magic Kingdom you can get. It has windows on probably two-thirds of it would be an accurate description. The parts that don't have windows, kitchen, the entryway, and the restrooms. So more incredible views than you can imagine. Okay, so we said it was closed for some renovations. So you are a frequent visitor to this establishment. What changes did you see as they've reopened? Again, it's one of the things that I love about Disney. They're always looking for things to be current and new and you don't see chipped paint everywhere. And so sometimes it's just time for refreshment and theming. And it's funny because I think when you're semi-regular somewhere, I'm someone who doesn't do change well. We've talked about that before. <laughs> um, you're just so used to things. And then you walk in and you see the change and you're, you know, I'm going back through my camera roll and saying, you know, where actually is the change? And it's really everywhere. Everything from the color that they now painted the walls and the windowsills and the shutters to lighter colored chairs and 
no tablecloths on the table, which again, you talk about a great restaurant, tablecloths are a thing at great restaurants, but I think they're a thing of the eighties and the nineties. Mm. Now the sleek wood table speaks for itself and the great chandeliers and everything from the new candles on the table and the silverware, it gives that impression of elegance all without that tablecloth. So they've really lightened it up. They're very big on a beachy theme, which they've always had a bit of that with a seafood menu. But now you can really see they've brought that in, in the coloring and everything from your water glass to the table to some of the seating is booths and the blue color in the upholstery on the booth you really feel like the ocean is calling you very fun anything else uh, that we want to talk about that's changed or do you want to go into things that maybe still exist that have always existed you know they had this thing and listeners if you've gone since it's reopened or you're going in the next couple weeks drop us a line tell me what you think I was supposed to be super impressed by their new water service. This very <laughs> tall, sleek bottle on each table. And they made a point of telling me how this is amazing triple filtered water. Um, you know what's not triple filtered? Is their ice machine. So while the water <laughs> is chilled, they don't put ice in it because the ice hasn't gone through this special triple filtration. Do you know what's hot when it's 90 degrees outside? <laughs> this girl. Yeah. I want some ice in my water. <laughs> I just my like it's triple filtered. It's really cold. It's so. they're, not, they're not getting the triple filtered water from Bay Lake. Like, I don't know why it needs to be triple filtered. That sounds a little, a little excessive to so me. I, I was the girl that asked for a separate glass of ice and poured my wonderful, pristine, triple filled water over my not so pristine ice. Um, <laughs> Way to, ruin it. Way to ruin it there, Sandy. <laughs> I wanted it to be cool. If all of you taste the triple filtered water and you tell me how amazingly different it is, you know, shoot us a message. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Right, that, that's on the bucket list then. We have to we have to remember triple filtered water. We need to right. I, I said before I go here for the dessert. Now I'm going to send all of you for the water. <laughs> that's fair. It's probably it might be cheaper. I'm not sure. It, it depends. <laughs> Uh, all right. So what what remained the same? Right. It's a reopening. You know, you have a anytime you visit a restaurant that you have such fond memories for and that you have an attachment to, there are certain things you want to remain the same. So what can we expect that is still the same as what we've always known? They have impeccable service and that's never going to change. They've got a low staff to table ratio. They've got a lot of management for a not very big restaurant. They're constantly checking on everybody, making sure everybody's good, but they're also cognizant of what is going on timing-wise around you. This restaurant, even though it is water level, so to speak, as opposed to some of the other ones we talk about that are you know, top floors of hotels with great views, this has absolutely incredible views of the magic kingdom of the castle and if you're a fan of the water pageant it does come by there as well so that will never change because of its location and it's one of the reasons that i love to go there 
Some of the menu items have remained the same with different twists to it. And we'll talk about that when I share the excessive meal that I ordered. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought up the water parade because that's clearly the reason why this is your favorite. You're, you're going to hide behind the dessert. But anybody <laughs> anybody that knows you or that's listened to this show enough knows that that, that water pageant is, is, is your jam. So, uh, But let's talk about the menu. It is. And I'm going to... I'm going to go off script a little bit okay, go ahead. and say for any of you, I was actually down there with a high school group that was performing. And if any of you get a chance to be a chaperone for a high school group that is marching in the Main Street Parade, I will tell you that you can go backstage with them with the director's approval to kind of help the group get ready. But one of the coolest things I think about that backstage area that nobody really notices is if you look to the far end, there is this little channel of water, and that is where the floats for the water parade live. And when you look at them during the day, they look like absolutely nothing. <laughs> and you can be the one in the group that knows what you're showing everybody because it is super cool to see. All right, let's jump into the menu because I know that you you're bragging about the the ridiculous menu, not necessarily in the look what I did sort of way, but just the fact that it exists is is fills you <laughs> fills you with pride. So, talk to us about the menu. Talk to us about what you experienced. So you begin with three different menus. Actually, you get a wine menu, a food menu, and a specialty drink menu. And one of the things that I love that they do at the Grand more than anything else is their wine menu features a Disney family of wine section. So if you're a big Disney person, which you obviously are if you're listening to this, check out some of their wines. I often get the Fest Parker Riesling. And I will be honest and give a shout out to ShopRite who will order it for me <laughs> and have it for me right here in New Jersey. Um, but they have things from Skywalker Vineyard, Silverado, Kurt Russell's Gogi Wines, um, McMurray Estates. And again, looking for a unique trip, head out to California, check out all those wineries. Yeah. But I love that extra element in my meal of having that Disney winery with me. And they're really reasonable glasses of wine, I have to say. So start with one of those and bring in that little bit of Disney history. Um, all of the people sitting there, as long as you're not just there for dessert, you start with their special homemade sourdough bread with an unsalted butter topped with pink Hawaiian sea salt. And you've probably heard me talk about my bread and butter fetish down there. It is amazing. <laughs> I opted for something as a starter. They have a choice of five now. And again, it is an extremely heavy seafood menu, and I eat zero seafood. So it's kind of always an interesting one for me, but they had something new on the menu for the starter that I had to try, and I have to say if I go back again, I will probably just order that item twice as two starters and turn it into my meal. I had the brisket ricotta tortellini. Huh. All right. And it was in a brown butter sauce with parsnips that I wasn't really sure that I would eat. But they were pureed like a great kind of almost mashed potato out of them. Absolutely phenomenal starter. I can't say enough about it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, they're also known for their sweet potato gnocchi, which does have clamshell mushrooms in it. They've got a fried calamari. Um, again, because we're at a signature restaurant, it's not just about the food. It is about the amazing presentation. Um, and they've really also worked on their menu to have items easily marked to let you know about allergens. And it's interesting. I was talking to somebody there because there's new notes on their menus about things that don't include honey. Yeah. And obviously, we stay up a lot on the food needs and different allergens. And I'm like, why is it honey? And I learned that many vegans are no longer eating honey. Correct. Yeah. And so that's why you see that listed in their menus very specifically to, you know, make it very easy. If you don't want to share some of those food needs, you can do it totally on your own because there are items on the menu marked as without animal meat, dairy, eggs, and honey. Obviously, they're phenomenal with any dietary needs, but you can definitely do this on your own. Then they move on to soups and salads. They are known for their lobster bisque, but I tried their seasonal salad, which, again, could have just eaten this. Um, <laughs> blueberry and barrel-aged feta salad. Again, just a beautiful presentation with homemade cornbread crackers with a pistachio crostini on them and a lemon curd dressing. I'm not a big salad eater. Um, I should eat way more salad than I do, but that one I could definitely eat over and over again. Absolutely phenomenal. I wasn't sure how I would have a main course by the time they brought it because between the bread, the brisket, tortelloni, and the salad, I was pretty full. You, but you know what? You took it for the team, and I appreciate that. I took it for that. the team. Again, not being a fish person, I did go for the New York strip steak, which was delicious. But they are definitely known. They've got a salmon, a surf and turf, a black and red fish. Also, for those that don't want meat, there is a vegetable paella. And if you're just not a seafood person, um, a pork chop. And with any of those, you can do an enhancement of a side of scallops, butter poached lobster tail, or charbroiled gulf shrimp. They also had sides, which one of them I've had before and I really love and I wanted to order, but I couldn't bring myself to put any more food on the table. <laughs> if you feel there wasn't enough in everything I named, you can add a side. They have my favorite, the wild mushroom risotto. They have a loaded mashed potato that includes a smoked cheddar and pork belly, and then a sweet and sour Brussels sprout. Again, my steak came with a potato mash as well as vegetables, and it was in a great red wine demi-glaze. So I already had a side. There really wasn't a need for that second side. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up too because I, I did want to mention that because the way that the menu is laid out, even if you look at it just at, at a glance, is that it has these enhancements, obviously, which we see you can add the seafood to it. But then the sides, it almost creates the impression that there's not sides with the entrees. But if you read carefully, there are sides with the entrees. So, you know, it, it really depends upon how much food you really believe you need. It's not it's not like a steakhouse where you're going to have to order, 
you know, a la carte, you know, to add Correct. stuff to the side there. So just be mindful. And I will tell you, I mean, again, I had a four course meal. I, I should have paced myself. I came close to licking the bowl clean on that brisket because <laughs> it was amazing. Um, I did not eat the whole salad because I knew I had an entree coming. And with that entree, I knew there was no way I was skipping dessert. I probably could have had somebody else eat half of my meal and we both would have left sure. plenty full. So listen, before before we get to the dessert piece, because I do know you want to talk about that, you mentioned, um, you know, every time we do these, you mentioned that it, it's not up to either one of us to tell you where to take your children to eat. If this is something that you definitely take your kids to, There, there is a kid's menu. So can we break that down quickly for folks in case they're traveling with kids and this is a part of their regular dining rotation? That is a great point. And the only place on property that does not allow children is Victoria and Albert's. And we get asked that question all the time. There were children there while I was dining. And, you know, I say to people, it's a very simple kind of rule for me to follow. Think about where you take your child at home. If McDonald's is a big night out or Applebee's, is there top of the line? Because that's the amount of time that they can sit and be well behaved. Narcosis isn't going to be for you. No. If you're taking your kids to someplace like Ruth Chris Steakhouse at home, I'm sure they're great at Narcosis. And they'll love the view just as much as any adult. Right. But I do always say to people, you know, do what works best for your family, but do try to be considerate of all of the diners around you. Also, Narcusis is going to be one of those that, while they don't have a strict dress code, the majority of people there have not come from the park in the 90-degree weather in their T-shirts that they've been sweating through all day. <laughs> Most will go change for dinner. Um, and you'll find, you know, for men, khaki shorts are totally acceptable with a golf shirt, but you're not seeing a lot of that regular park dress that would be very acceptable at the majority of the in-park restaurants. So the interesting piece to me when I'm looking at the kids' entrees is that it, it, it almost is in kind of contrast to the adult entrees in the sense that it looks like they're banking on that there's going to be more or less fish eaten by the children. There, there is a fish option, but the rest of the options are, are not fish. The reality is there are definitely children, obviously, that eat fish. I know kids that love calamari and, you know, scallops, but the majority don't. And again, that's where Disney is Disney. They don't want to create a menu that makes kids push the food around on their plate, not be <laughs> full and be cranky. Right. They want to create that perfect experience for everybody. All right. Can we break down dessert? Is that doable for you? Because I know that you you did enjoy your dessert. I, I don't experience. know that we can break it down because there's only one choice. <laughs> well, for you, of course, yes. So my absolute favorite is the almond-crusted cheesecake. It is by far the best dessert I have had anywhere in any of my travels in any place, even back home that I can come up with. This is the dessert to beat all desserts. But again... They like to refresh the menu. So while they kept the almond-crusted cheesecake on, check out our Facebook page. I'm going to put up a picture of 
my current almond-crusted cheesecake, and my old one. They've changed the proportions, so it's a little bit smaller but much taller. It's done up a little bit differently as far as garnish. The old one had big chocolate cutout pieces and little chocolate scallops. This one, again, they're going for that ocean theme. So they had green butter cookies shaped like seaweed that surrounded it. Huh. Um, again, same phenomenal cheesecake, but slightly different presentation. I will also say, and I have only done this once. I did not do it when I went last week. I am suckered in by cheese boards on the dessert menu all the time because mm. I don't know what makes them dessert, but I am a huge cheese fan. Sure. So if you're a cheese person, that is a dessert option. They also have their own twist on a pineapple upside down cake, mm -hmm. a hazelnut chocolate bar, which is a second to the almond cheesecake, <laughs> not quite as good. Um, and then a berry dish. They're also, again, because their signature coffee and tea in a press, in a French press. So that real nice opportunity to just sit and relax and take in the beautiful castle shining in front of you. Maybe you've timed it well and you're there for the fireworks. They do pipe in the music for the fireworks. So that is an excellent option for everybody as well. Well, we are coming to the end of the program today. And I know that there is, we, you could, you could wax poetic about this restaurant for, for days, for hours. So is there anything that we have not yet covered that you think is important for folks to know as this restaurant now reopens? I think we've talked often about Disney technology and changes they try and incorporate. And I did see something new for the very first time at any of the restaurants that I've done the check-in in the app, which was it asked me, do I want a table by the window or do I want the first available table? Yeah, and we know that those requests are always handled at the podium. And there's restaurants, obviously, like these that have views of the Magic Kingdom, but even ones in Epcot where you have fireworks view. So they're really trying to take guest preference into account and make it as seamless for you as possible. So sure. I will say there isn't a bad seat in the house and you can see the castle from pretty much anywhere. You might have a little bit of a blocked view. They also do pipe the music onto the outer patio, which can only be accessed from the restaurant lobby. So you can go outside to see fireworks and there's spots you can kind of stand on the patio that you're not blocking the view of those at the table. So if you're hungry and want that first table, don't fear. You don't have to have a window table to see it all. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to go down and enjoy this reopening of this iconic restaurant at Disney's Grand Floridian. Thanks for it taking the tough, time. But I'm glad I could take one for the team. Listen, that's what you do. That's why you're here. The tough assignments, that's what we send you on. And, and this was certainly no exception. <laughs> have a great week you as well and that's a wrap this week on let's talk Diz. if anyone you know could benefit from this or any show please share on your facebook and instagram for other disney fans to enjoy and don't forget to reach out to the folks at easy Diz by instant impressions travel services for any disney destination planning make it a great week and as always keep making memories <laughs>